Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. This episode, I know is a little late to record, but you're going to have to cut me some slack. I didn't even see the movie that I'm going to be talking about at all when it came out because it was exclusively to Netflix, so I didn't really have much of an option when I was looking for it anyway, so it's more or less not my fault that I didn't get a chance to see it when it did come out because there was no real theatrical release for this because it was a Netflix exclusive film. But, again, please forgive me on this. This movie was realistically almost 20 years in the making. It was about one of the biggest bands of the 80s, of the glam rock era, of everything that they ever had. And it was all about this one little band known as Motley Crue. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are about to hear me talk about the 2019 Netflix exclusive film, The Dirt, which I believe I look correctly on this stars. Douglas Booth, Colson Baker, Daniel Weber, Iwan Rayon, and Pete Davidson. Douglas Booth plays Nikki Six. Uh, Iwan Rayon, Rayon plays Mick Mars. Colson Baker plays Tommy Lee. And Daniel Weber plays Vince Neal. And then Pete Davidson plays uh, Tom Zutat, Zutout, and David. Costable, Costable plays Doc McGee, the crew, the Motley Crew's longtime manager. Tom Zutout is a electric Electro Records executive, and there's a few others that are in this as well. But it's not that big of a deal. It was basically released last year in 2019. I never really got a chance to really say, like, it had a lot. I'm gonna say this right now. It's a good movie. I'm not the biggest Motley Crue fan, but I do respect their music. I know a few songs. I like a few. I like maybe some songs from, say, their early years. And one of their latest songs that I remember hearing besides the one that they did for The Dirt, which was with Machine Gun Kelly, which was called The Dirt, established 1981, I think. It um, was just, it was called that. Has Machine Gun Kelly, but that's that's beside the fact. I'll talk about the soundtrack later in the review. Basically, it's about Motley Crue's beginnings and pretty much their ending, in a sense. Not their true ending, true ending, but I mean, like... It goes through a lot of their troubles that they went on. A lot of their early stuff, it went through a lot of that. There's also some things that were missing from the movie. Like, there's a few people that were key plot points or they ended it up a little bit but that's beside the fact I will make a I will make a, a follow up episode to this after I decide to rewatch it and look through some articles about what may have been missed because I don't want to go into so much detail on this because it's an old it's not really an old movie but I know it wasn't really given good reviews on Netflix when it was released by critics 
mostly because it said they said this the film would please fans but that it hesitated in and i quote in handling the band the more troubling aspects of the band's history which is fine basically it deals with their beginnings like um Nikki Six trying to reconnect with his biological father and then le- legally changes his name. He befriends at a restaurant Tommy Lee and he says he's forming a new band. They find the, the guitarist Mick Mars is suffering from a very, very threatening bone disorder. The trio then recruit Vince Neil from a cover band called Rock Candy. And this is the, it starts from 1973 for. Nikki, who leaves his after his mother is just dealing with a bunch of abusive like abuse. Well, he deals with his mother abusing him and all this crap, and he's been trying to fill a hole for years because he never really knew his father after his mother, like after his dad, took off when he was two years old. So they go through all this. Apparently, McMars and the like, who in real life does actually deal with it, um, deals with ankylosing spondylitis, spondylitis. But at the beginning of their first show, they have a bit of a brawl with some crowd members. The, it becomes well received. My like some Star like some club members, like crowd members of the of the show. It does become well received, and then the work who produces them to of Electra approaches them with a five album deal. They just and they sign with Doc McGee as their manager during their first national tour. The man is actually given advice by Ozzy Ozzy Osbourne, the Prince of Darkness, who. Tells him to know the limits and apparently snorts some ants and licks his own piss and Nikki's piss on the pool floor at the hotel they're staying at. And their albums go platinum. They spend a million dollars on it themselves. And they pretty much are having a good time until December 8th, 1984. When during a party at Redondo in, in at Vince's home in Redondo Beach, Tommy meets Heather Locklear, and one of um, the members of the band Hanoi Rocks, Razzle, goes out with uh, Vince to go get more drinks. This from a few other people, and this was a real thing that happened this year, that year. It still is very very brutal, nevertheless, to deal with because it did do like it did have some very harmful effects after the fact like uh they go out to buy more drinks they're all pretty much plastered and um this has to do with his like one of his good like the uh, his friend dying in his arms basically in a car accident that kills him and having two other people do with massive brain damage like they're in critical condition to deal with massive brain damage and he finds himself having to go to jail and become sober. Uh, it, like, And it sucks a little bit because... Nicky becomes addicted to heroin, starts to, to really display destructive behavior towards his bandmates. He fires McGee for bringing his mother to just visit him. In just like a couple of days after Tommy and Heather Locklear's wedding on the 23rd, 1987, Nicky decides to overdose on heroin... And, um, somehow the paramedic, when the news says that he's dead, he's DOA on the way to the hospital, he decides to find a way to bring him back to life with two shots of adrenaline. 
following this, Nikki feels like he's hit, in a sense, rock bottom completely. He feels like he's completely hit rock bottom. He wants to say, you know what, guys? I've hit rock bottom. I need help. Will you guys help me get sober? In return, will you also get sober as well with me? Which kind of pisses off Vince because he feels like we're gonna do like we're not gonna be able to have fun anymore. Like he thinks because we're getting sober we can't have fun. What kind of stupid shit is that? Like look at it this way. One of the biggest bands in the world, Aerosmith, had way out of control members of that band. They had Joe Perry and Steven Tyler. Those two were known as the Toxic Twins because of all the booze and everything that they ever took. They were completely out of their minds. They almost killed themselves plenty of times. It was disgusting. But then they decided to get sober themselves. And as no one would drink around them or anything. And you know what? That's a smart move. I myself would do the same if I was in that position. Because I don't want to have people around me drinking as well if I'm trying to stay sober. I mean, look at Elton John as another example. That man has been sober for nearly 30 years. That's an accomplishment for some. Like some people need a rehab buddy. Like they need a buddy that they could talk to during the whole process, check in on them every day, make sure they're doing okay, and help them get clean. Because a lot of people deal with that struggle. I myself don't deal with that struggle. I feel like I do have a bit of a struggle internally with myself and a lot of other things that I deal with in my day-to-day life, but I don't see what I deal with as a problem. Not to the point where I need rehab or anything like that. I might need some classes on anger management and whatnot, but again, that's beside the fact. Basically, after this happens, they just the Super Motley Crew does rebound and get their first number one album on the Billboard 100 with a mo- 200 with a lengthy world tour with the album Dr. Feelgood. And, um, and Vince and Tommy resort to drinking away after being away from their families for so long. They... they, they, they they fall off the bandwagon. They fall off the wagon. Everyone does. And uh, following the tour, it looks like Vince finds out that his daughter and his wife have left him. And he misses several rehearsals because he's just depressed about this. And they decide to say, you know what? Vince says he's done. He quits. They then hired John Karabi as his replacement. And then in 1995... Vince deals with the most heartbreaking thing any parent or anyone in the world has to deal with. Someone close to them dying of, of cancer. And Skylar, his daughter, was four years old when she died. That was heartbreaking to see in the movie. Like, just seeing her just be by everyone and everyone just in tears. Like, his dad, like her dad is trying to comfort her saying, we're going to go home real soon. You're going to go home real soon. You'll be fine. And it's heartbreaking to see. It's very heartbreaking. And Heather divorces Tommy after he has an affair with a porn star. And Nikki negotiates with Zutau to give him back the rights of their song in exchange for the release from Electra Records. And after that, like, Nikki decides to visit his father's grave with his stepbrother like of sorts and um he regroups with tommy and mick before they reconcile with vince and they decide to say you know what let's just try and perform together one last time guys come on let's just get out there do it one more time before like and they and it says that in the title card 
that they would play their final show on New Year's Eve in 2015, which they did. That was their final thing. They did their final tour that went for a whole year. And they're going to be doing an apparent one next year. But it won't be them just doing it themselves. They're going to be doing it for a short amount of time. It won't be a whole lot. It'll be just them doing it. It'll be apparently... Because this is before they decided to go back out on the road again. They don't want to do any crazy-ass big world tour. Which is fine. I don't blame them. I know I may not see them again up here in Canada. Even if I wanted to. Which sucks. But you know what? At least it's going to have a few other people as well. It's going to have... Poison, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, a special guest on the tour. But uh, the final tour was their initial hiatus before they came back with a reunion of sorts. And they went all over the place. They ended with three concerts at the Staples Center in L.A. And... Pretty much they said they would have one final tour. And you know what? They announced it and they did it well. If I'm truly honest. And then when they had the... When they actually did the final show. It ended with three nights at the Staples Center. And they were going to apparently have an intimate encore. Performance taking place at the Whiskey A Go-Go club that they did many years ago which I guess is still open I don't know but Nikki Six said otherwise that's not happening but uh to be honest I can kind of uh believe that being a real thing like they'd actually have gone that far but honestly it was just something that they should should have done to begin with and well it does show some backstage stuff like a lot of all these other music biopics like get on up show they show a lot of things like that which i'm happy they do because not always do we get these backstage performances like performance photos or whatever like we do see some things i mean they try to stay sober like they went through a lot the whole band did nikki six dealt with a lot of emotions a lot of trauma in his life Tommy was a bit of a mama's child a bit of a mama's boy but he had his parents he grew, he grew up in a, a with musician like his sister was also a drummer as well or something like that and he dealt with that Vince was just a kid that uh, Nikki not Nikki uh, Tommy knew in high school and they joined, they formed together Mick was a little bit older than everyone else and he actually looked a little bit older but he was a little bit more mature. But when in time to like, start to get like really ridiculous back in the day, he got ridiculous. He didn't do a whole lot of ridiculousness, but he was a little bit more mature. Nikki just was very destructive, especially when he found himself taking heroin. And trust me, no one wants to go down that path. I know I don't. But my final thoughts on this movie, I've already kind of gone through them all. But my rating on this film even though I didn't see it when it first came out, that's fine. This is still a review. It's not meant to be a huge, big deal. 
because it was on it's a netflix exclusive how am i supposed to see if i saw it in theaters this would have come out years ago but it didn't that's what i would have probably done my first podcast on if i had the chance but you know what didn't happen fate works in mysterious ways but my final my my view on this one my my rating even though i'm not the biggest motley crew fan and i might still do that redux episode I'm going to give The Dirt, which is based on the book, based on their lives, a decent 7 out of 10. Now, I'm not saying it's the best movie out there, far from it, but this is for a Netflix-exclusive movie that I just had the chance to actually watch for the first time. I have to say, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is cool. Just to see a movie that I know I've been wanting to see for a long time anyways happen for years. Because they said it was going to happen years ago. Never did. And when they retired, I was like, fuck, we're never going to get the fucking Dirt movie. We're not going to get any new material or nothing from them ever again. I was a little upset. I wasn't to the point where I'm crying upset. But I was upset nevertheless because I just couldn't deal with it. But, um, yeah. This movie was good. Not the best in the world, but it was good. For a movie that's about a band that went through so much shit in quite a short amount of time and was able to do what they could. It's a solid 7 out of 10. If you're a fan of Motley Crue, you might find it better. Now, if you are and you thought my my review sucked, then so be it. This is not for you. This is for me to say, you know what? I saw it. I reviewed it. There we go. I put another movie in the books. Now, this is me, Scott Betson, signing out with the dirt and transmission.